three weeks now. God had laid the burden of the sins in my heart. Particularly as I travel around the world. From one nation to the other, there's a big complaint of what is called recession. Everybody say that. Recession. I didn't hear you. Recession. This is English-speaking country. Recession. And one night, particularly as I heard it announced on CNN, that America is in severe recession. So I went to God in prayer, and I said, God, if God's own country can be in recession, if Great Britain can be in recession, God, please, don't let it come here where I am. <laughs> because we already have enough. And the Lord said to me, plain and clear, Recession means turning your back to your source. When God Almighty is no more the supplier of all your needs, when your job becomes your faith that that is what we give you, what you need. You're in recession. When your bank account becomes your power, you look at the money you have in the bank and you put your trust in it. And the money begins to drop. That's recession. And God said to me, wherever you go from March 1st, tell my children they will only suffer recession when they turn their back to me. And all who turn to me will never be a part of the story of recession. Open your ears and hear what I'm, I have to say tonight. The fact that you live in civilized nation doesn't make God come closer. As a matter of fact, there are more crimes in civilized nation than in poor country. I was telling Brother Peter and Dr. Reed and the rest this afternoon, sometimes I thank God we you call the third world and not first world. Because you have problems we have never heard about. You are so civilized that your problem is complicated. <laughs> thank God. Many times I thank God for poverty. Not because I'm happy in it, because I don't have it. But, you know, when you make a God out of your education, and make a God out of your business, and make a God out of your city, and make a God out of your roles, you forget that one man in charge of everything. But thank God, he's teaching the world now. 1960, we had four superpowers. Great Britain, Germany, Russia, and United States. 
by 1970, it was dropping to two and a half superpower. It's long now the word Great Britain was pronounced last. Great Britain dropped from superpower. Germany dropped from superpower. Then by 1980, you hear United Nations say, the two superpowers, the two superpowers. And three years ago, God told me, superpower was not going to be too long. And you listen to me tonight, last year, one out of the second superpower faded to oblivion. And that superpower finished. Remaining one superpower. And I asked them in America last week, if America is a superpower, who is she going to fight? <laughs> because you are not a superpower when you have nobody to fight. Did you hear what I'm saying? You can't let's say I'm a superpower if there's an opponent. If there's no opponent, the world have lost the word superpower. The only superpower we have now is Jesus Christ. Amen. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. So I've come here tonight to this family church in Penel to talk to you about one area in your life and my life we neglect so much that area of life we do not always remember it exists and that is clinging to God in time of hardship when the whole world turned against God when the whole world live in utter confusion and know not what to do the Holy Spirit told me tell your hearers if the world break down the saints should break forth for joy because the condition of health is going to grow worse for the worldly only those in Christ will be happier every day because they are going to learn more to anchor on God and say, God, I used to make this job my God. I have found out that my employer is in trouble. If my employer is in trouble, I'm in trouble too. Therefore, if my employer is complaining, I'm supposed to complain. But now that I have God, I learn to lean on God and God become my source. So God gave me a message that I do not want to jump up and down to preach it tonight. I don't want to roll on the floor. But just in case you are one of those who came here for healing while I preach tonight, take your healing there. I saw Dr. Reed ask you, how many of you are here for miracles, I saw many hands. I also saw him ask, how many of you want joy tonight? And I want to ask that question. How many of you want joy? Keep your hand up if you want joy. How many of you want victory? My God, thank God for you. Only me, I don't want victory tonight. I don't want joy. 
Ask me why. I didn't hear you. Why? I have too much. <laughs> you don't look for what you have. You don't go out searching for joy when the Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. You don't go looking for healing when you are well. You do not go about asking for victory when you are already more than conqueror. I have to teach our choir a song to sing. We used to sing in the choir with tears in our eyes. Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench the tear of my soul. We will sing it and cry and cry. And one day the Lord asked me, Do you need a glass of water? <laughs> I have given you a ministry to go around the world. How many people can you bath with this one? If I fill it up for you. And he said, turn to your Bible to John chapter 7. Don't read it. And I said, yes, Lord. And when I got there, I saw where the Bible says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And God said, how do you have river? And I applied for a cup. <laughs> Did you hear what I'm saying? How can you be carrying millions of gallons of water and drums and carrying rivers within you and coming to the church in tears to beg me to fill your cup? And he said, draw out of what you have you can bless your generation then I thanked him for showing me that and that night when the prayer really went serious I began to sing this little light of mine I'm going to let it shine how many of you have sang that song before you love it say yes, yes. I know I'm going to catch you <laughs> and the Lord says son you have little light I said yes. He said, I thought you are the light of the world. How can you be light of the world and be a little light? So I remove, fill my cup. I remove this little light of mine. Then one song I love most. Tell the whole world and give me Jesus. Tell the whole world and give me Jesus. And he said, the only property you have, you are telling the world to come and take from you. The world already have the world with them. And the only thing you have as my servant is me. So asking the world to give me to you. When I send you to go and give me to them. <laughs> are you hearing what I'm saying to you? What is the greatest need in the world today? To give Jesus to the world. And we are singing in the church, take the whole world, and world, give me Jesus. And the world does not have Jesus to give us. And the only thing we have, we are asking the world to give us. So, I, I, I removed that from my song. 
Choir, are you hearing me tonight? I took that away. Then the song, soon and very soon. And the Lord, the Lord said to me, I asked you to occupy till I come. Why do you want to go soon and very soon? <laughs> now if you fly away and I'm coming down, if our flight miss on the way, who are you going to meet in heaven? So I remove soon and very soon to become occupied till I come. Then I fly away. Lazy people fly away. Godly people stay to do the work. Are you here with me tonight? That's five songs I have removed from my head. I don't fly away. I stand and say, devil, come, and I teach you a lesson. Somebody say amen. amen. No sooner, very soon. The Bible didn't say you should come quickly. Jesus said, behold, I come quickly. And if you are going to go quickly, when you get there, tell him I'm still here. <laughs> don't go away. Say amen. amen. Matthew chapter 14. <coughs> Verse 22. Straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him onto the other side. While he sent the multitudes away. I have spent one week preaching on who are the disciples and who is the multitude. Why did Jesus constrain the disciples and dismiss the multitude? In a church like this one, are you a disciple or a multitude? How do I know a multitude? Multitude in a church come to sit on a chair arranged. Disciples arrange it. Multitude come late and go first. Disciples come first and go last. Multitude complain. Disciples compliment. Multitude come to collect miracles. Multitude give a miracle. Multitude give offering. Disciples pay tithes. Multitude are concerned about the household of God. Disciples are concerned and multitude complain. Multitude come to find fault. Disciples come to find what to do. Disciples say, here am I, send me. Multitude say, I have gone. If you need me, call for me. <laughs> multitude, multitude say, I used to be in that church. Disciples says, when this work started, I was there. Multitude prostitutes. Disciples proclaim. And the church today is full of multitude than disciples. Multitude come for bread and fish. 
Disciples come to give their life. Disciples come to serve. Disciples come to give. Disciples meet the need. Disciples offer their time. Disciples sweep the floor. Multitude march on it. Who are you in the house of God? Multitude are those that can jump from one ministry to the other. Disciples are the ones that stay to build a ministry. And God told me, tell my church it's time to turn from one of the multitudes, the disciples that help to build the kingdom of God. Amen. When bread and fish is over, is a place of decision. Mid-sea is a place of choice. God will allow you get there first. And what the devil is going to tell you at mid-sea is to say to you, you see where you are going? Everybody say mid-sea. Mid say mid-sea. Mid say it again. Mid say it one more time. Mid Let me show you what I mean by mid-sea. This is the bank of the river. Get up, sir. <laughs> this is where you started. Come here. Stand here. That's where God asked you to go. And this is where you are coming from. He never disturbs you when you are here. Why? If he disturbs you, you will not move. This is very safe. If you stand here and God said, move forward, and the sheep shake, you are going to jump out. I said, praise God, I have not started. <laughs> and many good godly people have visions and programs, big and magnificent. But as soon as they decide to step out by faith, a little breeze. Not the wind, not the storm yet. Not the cyclone. I'm just talking about... Ah! What? They run back. And once you slide, you backslide. Amen. When you doubt where God bless you, you complain against it. And... More than any time else in your life is when you admit sin. And God told me, tell my people, if you admit sin of any vision or dream, it takes the same energy to go back as it takes to go forward. Why not die moving forward than to die turning back? <laughs> Did you hear what I'm saying? It is better rescuers rush to save you while you are making an attempt to go forward than to turn to go back. Amen. And I pray today, no matter what is confronting you in life, at the mercy of your life, whatever will send you back, may God let that thing kill you in the middle. I told God that one last week. 
anything that will send me back to Egypt. And let me say, who is God? After 33 years and 3 months, I said, God, kill me than to let me go back to the world again. Amen. Somebody hear the prayer I pray for myself? It takes the same energy, brother, to turn to go here and to move and go here. Somebody say hallelujah. At Missy, the wind stopped. I said, God, why? He said, Missy is a place of choice. It's the only place you can choose. Here or here. Here. You passed it already. Have you never seen people tell you for the last six months I've been passing through fire? Have you seen people tell you that? I've been passing through trial for the last three months. A pastor told me this in Atlanta last Sunday. He said, Archbishop, I need your prayer. I said, why? He said, for the last three months I've been passing through severe fire. I said, congratulations. <laughs> he said, what? I said, you were able to pass through fire for three months. I've never tried it one week. <laughs> Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. If God can take you through fire for three months, he can take you to eternity the rest of your life. I said, he said, what are you congratulating me for? I said, brother, you passed through. You didn't stop there. If you didn't pass through, you would have been dead. But God is merciful. He saw you through. And if he had led you through so far, he will lead you to the end. Amen. How many will say amen to that one? Missy is a place of choice. Missy is where God asks you. That is where Satan asks you, whom will you obey from now? And if you obey God, he will lead you to the end. If you obey the devil, you are going to turn back. And I said, God, why? Why Missy? He said, Missy is a place you choose. Either to continue to please God when no man is saying thank you. Or to be angry that no man said thank you and leave God. 33 years ago, February 4th, January 4th, 1959. When I came to Christ, I didn't know the journey would last as long as this. I didn't know I was going to be a preacher. I only had come and follow me, and I came forward. Nobody gave me a promise of a car, a house, a wife, a child, or money. I was so stupid that I didn't ask questions. But thank God I didn't ask questions. Because if God has asked me, how much, will you, how much will I pay you? I would have said 10 pounds. Or 20 pounds. Or 1,000 pounds. And for the work he gave me today, 10 pounds couldn't have done it. <laughs> for he closed my mouth, closed my ears, took my hand, since I started to learn to walk with God, I found that there's no storm that confronts you that God cannot lift you out of. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying tonight? Since God is building a new church, He is looking for those who will obey Him when the wind is heavy. He's looking for those who will say, Lord, I see it, but I know you sent me. Reason number five, why the devil tempts you at mercy, the Lord told me. So you can turn your back against God. When God is no more leading you and you lead yourself, you are going to destruction. And God doesn't want us to lead ourselves. At mercy, maybe you came here for healing. They sang first song. They sang the second one. Now you are missing. You are saying, where is the miracle? I'm glad to tell you, you are not far away. God is coming to meet you at mid-sea. He never abandoned those he sent forward. Verse 25 said, and let's read this now. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. Somebody say, walking on the sea. Walking on the Everybody sea. say that. On the sea. I didn't hear you. On the sea. I said, I didn't hear you. Walking walking on the sea. There's only one prime minister in the whole world who can walk on top of our troubled water. His name is Jesus. At the fourth watch, when no brother, no sister, no friend saw the disciples, Jesus, who sent them, saw them. Have you ever reached a stage in your life when husband was not big enough to help you? Wife is not big enough to help you. Have you ever had a fourth watch of your life? When either in time of sickness, at the time you thought you were going to improve, suddenly, your nerve begins to collapse. When doctors look at you and say, we've done all we know to do, but our best is not good enough. That's the time you and I need a Jesus who will come down from mountain to walk to us and say to us, be not afraid. Be of good chest. It is I. We have a God who will come now no matter how high the hill is. Brother, I say this to you by the Holy Spirit. Jesus is about to walk towards you. He's going to walk towards you. He's coming near you. Whether you make effort or not, very soon, God is going to intervene in certain areas of your life where your effort has been made and it seems no progress. I see a Jesus coming down from his mountain, walking towards you. Amen.
He saw it there. When crisis hits, many times you and I look as if God has abandoned us. The devil said I was young. Now I am old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. At the fourth watch of the night, medical doctors will tell you the easiest time to die is 3 a.m. to 4 a.m. That's when all the nerves collapse. When your pulse can hardly beat. As a matter of fact, anybody who wants to die should pray to die that time. Because you struggle so less and give up so quickly. It was that time of life when all nerves, all system, every human sense have been put to use. Sometimes you put your best money to market. And when you think it's going to improve, it collapses. And I'm here to tell you about the authority of the word of God. When anything you are doing is trying to go down. And the wind is shaking you so much. Take your eye from the tossing wind. Look behind the wind. There's Jesus coming to you. The master is not far away. That's why the wind is so heavy now. The master is not far away anymore. That's why the enemy is trying to give you confusion and tell you. Where is your God? I am saying to the devil every time. If you ask me the question 200 times, I will answer you 201 times. Jesus is coming towards me. Everybody say that. Put your hand in your chest and say it. He's walking near me. He's not far away. He sees me. No matter how dark. He's coming near me. Stand up and talk with me. Stand up, stand up, stand up. My Bible says, at the fourth watch of the night, between 3 a.m. and 4 a.m., when the enemy knew there was no one they could shout to, in the front, at the back, and the side, at the front, behind, on the front, on top or bottom. He thought that was the easiest time to kill. But the devil never knew, Dr. Reed, that Jesus was on top of the mountain. And I'm glad to tell you, in the face of your toughest storm, God is looking down from heaven. When he gets to a stage where you can no more look up or look back. And if you look around everywhere around you and God is seeming far away. I prophesy to you that God who called you is coming near you. My Bible said at the fourth watch of the night. Jesus, Jesus came walking on the sea. Jesus, listen to this. At this time I'm talking, brother, 
They had no voice to cry to God. And God didn't wait for them to cry to him before he started walking towards them. That's miracle. That's miracle. When I haven't sent for you to come and rescue me, and you start coming to me, that's a miracle. Answer to prayer is good. But no prayer and that result is greater. Amen. Did somebody hear what I'm saying tonight? Amen. When your head is so bowed and all your friends begin to mock at you, you sold out to follow Jesus. If at that same moment, when you are about confused to say, what am I really doing here? What did God send me here for? If only you can clean your eyes, the master is not far away. He's coming towards you. Jesus came walking. I like the word. And Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. My question is, how was Christ able to walk on what was about to kill them? My answer is, because he made water. Water have no power over him. Amen. My question is, why is it that it's always at the fort watch that the devil hit? My answer is, if he did hit you that time, you will not know how big your God is. Amen. But thank God. When danger come close, God walks near. Amen. May I hear you say hallelujah, people? Hallelujah. It doesn't matter how dark the night is, God sees you. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter how terrible the pain looks like now. The healer is near you. I see him tonight about to stretch his hand to catch you and to say this simple word. He walking went unto them. Why did Jesus not look for a sheep at 4 a.m.? There were no captains and there were no sheep. Why did he not say, Disciples! Disciples! Hello! I wanted to come, but no way! Bye-bye! God knows. And there are many areas of your life if he refused to intervene that's your end and God is not mocked God is not mocked I commit to you the spirit of faithfulness catch it the vision is from God you are not in the wrong place you are not doing the wrong thing it is God who sent you and when it gets darker than you expected, look out. The master is walking towards you. Somebody say amen. amen. Verse 25 said, listen to this. Verse 26. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled saying, it's a spirit. And they cried out for fear. Verse 27 said, but Jesus, straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, 
it is I. Be of good cheers. It is I. Be not afraid. God is saying, be of good cheers. Be of good cheers. When it looks as if everything is going down, be of good cheers. Years ago, we were putting up a big building. I've told the story before. Everything I knew to do was done. And that building refused to move forward. Over two million pounds put in it refused to go forward. Because prices of things are 20 times more in Africa than here. Because we have money. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Every, we fasted, we prayed. Every door closed. And I said, God, you've never done this before. The beauty is just at the decking. What am I going to do? I prayed first day, no answer. Seven day, no answer. Fourteen days, no answer. Twenty-one days, fasting. No answer. I locked myself in the room. I said, God, if you don't speak today, I'm not coming out. And I was crying. And suddenly I heard God say, Son, have you finished? <laughs> <laughs> I said, Finish what? He said, Doing what you are doing? I said, Yes, Lord. He said, you have been telling everybody, come and see my beauty. Come and see what I'm doing. He said, you never told anybody, come and see what God is doing. That's why I decided that you should finish it. I told you I will build my church. And you have decided to build it. Oh, is that what I did? I said, Lord, I give your church back to you. You finish it. And I give you glory. Amen. Guess what? When I removed my hands, he put his hands. And the building finished. I say he finished. I say it finished. It finished. Somebody say hallelujah. What mid-sea are you today? What is the water you are battling at the middle? The Lord sent me to tell you. Be of good cheers. Be of good cheers. Be of good cheers. You and your wife know some of our buses and our trailer we carry people with. We convey to our headquarters church average of two million people every year to the headquarters church with buses the best bus we have december 29th that bus is supposed to carry about 60 passengers our children leaders put 300 children in a seat 60 seater bus 
to take them on excursion. Fifteen miles after Benin, they were climbing mountain, and the devil set fire on a bus with 300 children. Guess what? All the 300 children came out, not one bunt. Amen. The bus was lost. And when they came to tell me, I was shattered. I told my wife, I said, honey, I'm in pain. I didn't even remember they said 300 children were there. I said, that bus gone. The Lord said to me, it's not your bus. It's my bus. <laughs> if the enemy wants you sad, tell him, Jesus said to me, be of good cheers. Redemption Hour comes to you from the Church of God Mission International Incorporated Benin City, Nigeria. For further details, prayers and counseling, write Bishop Margaret Idahoso. Box 60 or PMB 1314, Benin City, Nigeria.